Our Lord and Savior expects us to be champions for him and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now for Challenges Create Champions. Amen, amen, praise God. To God be the glory, amen. Welcome on tonight. We want to thank you all for who are here, for being here tonight. And we want to thank you all who are tuning in. Thank you for being here tonight for Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. <laughs> amen, amen. I love my Ark of Salvation family. Amen. And when uh, Pastor C. Elijah called me, I had some other things that I had in place, and the Lord put on my heart, rearrange them. Amen. Not that I have to be, but I get to be here with my family on tonight. Praise God. And I always ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want me to speak or talk about when I go anywhere to speak, but especially at Ark of Salvation. And the Lord gave me the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. And that's the New King James Version. And it reads, So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army, and David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then, as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Somebody say amen. amen. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Amen? Amen. The title that the Lord gave me for this message is Challenges Create Champions. Amen. Challenges create champions. Look at your neighbor and say, challenges create champions. The definition of a champion is number one, a person 
who has defeated or surpassed all rivals in a competition, especially in sports. The second definition is a person who fights or argues for a cause or on behalf of someone else. Our Lord and Savior expects us to be champions for him and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Some observations that I noticed in the scripture, the text reference, first being from verse 20, it says David rose early. Amen. Now, I have to be transparent about this. I don't always rise early on a continual basis. It's a habit that I'm working on continuing to develop, even when I'm not working or don't have an assignment or something to do. But it is proven that successful people have certain things in common. And one of those things is that they normally rise early. They get up early. Some people do more before 12 p.m., than a lot of us do in a 24-hour period. Amen? Secondly, David was diligent and responsible in his vocation. He left help. In verse 20, it says, so David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper. I noticed that. He didn't just leave the sheep and go on the assignment that his father gave him. He left the sheep with a keeper. That means he was responsible. Champions are responsible for the current assignment and the last assignment that hasn't been reached yet. Amen? Amen. Is there anything, I want you to meditate on this, is there anything that God told you to do that you have not completed or done yet? Even though he may give you a new assignment, God expects you to complete that old assignment unless he says different. Amen? Thirdly, David was obedient to his father. He was obedient to his father. He knew how to follow instructions. Still in verse 20, so David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. He was listening to his father, and it doesn't say, and it's not documented where it says David complained. He didn't give his father complaints or lip. He didn't fight back and say, well, I got to take care of this sheep. Now you want to send me to the front line of the army to bring supplies? No, it says he went and took the things, the scripture says, as Jesse had commanded him. Fourthly, David was not afraid to fight a champion. The principle there is champions become champions by defeating champions. Amen? That verse was verse 23, where it says, Then as he talked with them, there was a champion. Goliath was identified as a champion from the gate, from the beginning, from the inception. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. Let me ask a question. Are there any giants that you have to face in your life? Amen. Amen. Giants can be people, but giants may not just be people. Sometimes giants are vices. Some of us, and please don't get convicted if this is you, some of us are trying to kick smoking habits. Amen. That's one thing I don't have to face and defeat, praise God. 
Amen. To God be the glory. As a matter of fact, I still remember, God rest her soul, my mother, she used to have a special relationship with cigarettes when she was alive back in the day. And whenever she would light up, it would bother me. It would annoy me. It would kind of choke me and it was just annoying. I didn't like to smell. And this is back in Brooklyn, New York. And so when I got to be an older teenager, you know, I was complaining about the cigarette. And she said, she said, boy, she said, if I ever see you with a cigarette in your hand, I'm going to whoop your tail. And I said, Mama, I can confidently report to you right now. That's one whooping you'll never have to give me. I don't know about the other ones. But that one, right, you ain't going to worry about no cigarette. Because <laughs> that was not one of my giants. Sometimes we have giants in terms of how we don't take care of our health and our bodies. Amen? We have to do a better job defeating certain things. Some of us have sweet tooths and we eat too many snacks. And listen, I'm in there with you. Amen. But look, I know how to shut it down when I need to. Amen. I'm proud to report I started walking again last week again. Amen. And feeling good, drinking my water, putting down them sodas. You understand what I'm saying? Am I ministering to anybody? Whatever your giant is, God wants you to face it and defeat it. Because with God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. Fifthly, David prepared himself mentally before he put on battle gear. Verse 26a. He wanted to know what he would receive when he won. When he won. Notice that. When he won. He said in verse 26, or it says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man? Say the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel. I just think in my mind, David had already determined he was the man. Amen. He didn't say, is anyone going to face Goliath and then ask the question? He said, what's going to be given to the man that takes down this Philistine? (laughs) He had already determined that he was, as we say in the South, fixing to fight the giant. Amen? He was not afraid of what he had to face. And a lot of that came from his belief in God, his fear of the Lord. Amen? Finally, David's honor for God was much greater than any fleshly fear that he may have had. In verse 26b, he talks about how he had righteous indignation concerning Goliath's lack of reverence for God. What it says exactly is this. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David had a problem with Goliath. David had an issue and he wasn't concerned about anybody nine feet tall with muscles and weapons and armor. What was on his mind and his heart is we are not going to let anything or anybody disrespect or dishonor or irreverently speak against our God. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you what the purpose of this message is. First of all, God gave this to me to help you change your perspective on challenges. Amen? We have to change our perspective on the things that we face in life. Without challenges, there is no champion. Did you hear what I said? 
And so when I say change your perspective, I don't want you to hide from challenges. I want you to pray and ask God, how do I deal with defeat, handle, manage my challenges? Because I don't know about you, but I found out that most of the things that I face in life don't leave just because I want them to. And I read in the Bible in the New Testament where the Apostle Paul had a similar issue. And the champion he faced or the problem he faced was called the thorn. And he took the thorn to God. And he said, Lord, <laughs> please get rid of, please remove this thorn from my flesh. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient for you. So he didn't remove David or Paul in that situation, but he taught him and trained him and showed him what he wanted him to get out of the challenge. Do you ask God when you have challenges, Lord, what you want me to get out of this? Or do you say, Lord, take this away from me? I don't know about you, but God don't listen to me just about ever when I say, Lord, please don't let me go through this. Lord, please take this away. Please make this easy. Please stop. No, he wants me to face my giants because he's taught me that I'm a champion even when I'm not feeling like it. Look at the person next to you on your right side and say, you are a champion. Now look at the person on the other side and say, and so are you. We're champions. Without challenges, there is no champion. Without problems, there are no solutions. Our bishop always says problems are normal to life. My spiritual father, Bishop Dale C. Bronner, problems are normal to life. So we have to get accustomed to problems. People of God are going to deal with problems. I believe it's John 16, 33, where Jesus told his disciples, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. God wants you to face your issues, your problems, your tribulation. Without struggles, there is no victory. God wants us to be victorious in his name. Because when we're victorious, he gets glory. Which reminds me of something that we were taught many years ago by Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, who was the founder of the Christian Men's Network, Dr. Cole used to teach us this, this progression, this process that starts with prayer. And he told us, if I can remember, prayer is how you start off when you deal with problems. And what you pray for is you pray for wisdom first. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You pray for wisdom. The prayer is for wisdom. The wisdom gives you the strategy. The strategy gives you the victory. And when you get victory, God gets the glory. Yes. Amen? Amen? God has a reason for everything he does and everything he allows. Dr. Errol Bernard used to always say to us, everything is either God sent or God used. So God has positioned this life journey for you to where you cannot lose, you cannot falter unless you deviate from the plan and the process. Am I ministering to anybody this evening? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Amen? Without human weakness, there is no godly strength. For God said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And we 
have a disdain and a dislike of our weaknesses. We hide our weaknesses. We lie about our weaknesses. <laughs> we tell stories and fables and avoid and amen. A lot of our relationship issues has become somebody trying to hide a weakness. But being a pastor and also a therapist, one of my jobs is to help people to feel safe to talk about and get out their weaknesses and their struggles and their problems and their dysfunction so we can deal with it and get them to their healing goals. Amen? Don't run from your weaknesses. Because when you limit your weaknesses or you don't face your weaknesses, you limit God and what he wants to do in your life. Did you hear what I said? Your weakness is a bridge to the strength and glory of God. And so I want you to look at your weakness differently. Amen? Amen. When you see it, when it's there, say, Lord, how do you want me to use my weakness so that you can be on display? Amen? Amen. How do you want to get glory today, Lord? Or better yet, Lord, how much glory you want to get? I know you want to get some glory. How much glory do you want to get? And what do I have to do to make sure you get it? Secondly, purpose of this message is to remind you of who you are. To remind you of who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's handiwork. You are above only and not beneath. Amen. You are a blessing and not a curse. You are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Never forget who you are. Our bishop taught us some years ago. He used to say the only way the devil can get you to sin is to get you to forget who you are. Amen. Amen. Look at the neighbor next to you and say, do you know who I am? am. Amen. (laughs) And that's significant not because of me, but because of the God that lives in me and through me. Thirdly, third purpose for this message, I want you to remember to always encourage and influence other champions. If you have children, whether they're young or whether they're adults, they're champions. And God expects you to tell them that they're champions. Don't just tell your children what's wrong with them. Did you hear me? Tell them what's right with them. Tell them what gifts they have. Tell them what their legacy is about. Encourage them to seek purpose. Encourage them to seek the wisdom of God. Let them know they are well able in and through and for Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me give you these few things before I get ready to pray. A champion always strives to be better. God gave me an acronym for a principle that I call the baby principle. The baby principle is an acronym. So you know how people say, be you, be yourself. Always be yourself. I agree with that to a degree. Be yourself. But the acronym that God gave me is to be you, but be a better you. That's the acronym. B-A-B-Y, baby. Be a better you. That's my baby principle. Be you, but be better. Don't be satisfied with how you are today. Be better tomorrow. That's what a champion does. A champion seeks better maturity. We have a lot of grown, immature Christian people in the church right now. Amen? 
We need better maturity. We have to grow up. We have to get back in God's presence so we can know how to walk, how to talk, how to honor him, how to minister, how to love people, how to forgive. Amen? Amen. A champion wants better accountability. Say accountability. accountability. Some people don't know how to spell that. One of the principles I teach men, though, is there is no growth and development without accountability. Men don't grow on their own. I'm sorry. We don't. We need somebody to help us grow up and develop and be what God intends for us to be. We need another man of God. Amen. I am so eternally grateful to God for my bishop, Dr. Dale C. Bronner. Amen. 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 Please clap for the Lord. Please give God God a hand clap of praise. Everybody needs a mentor. Somebody that encourages when you need it, somebody that corrects or rebukes. Because open rebuke is better than secret love. Everybody needs somebody that'll say you better than that. Amen. And when you do well to cheer you on and say, well done. A champion wants better accountability. A champion wants better morality. Better morality. We got to be better. We have to live better. We have to act better. Something else our bishop taught us some years ago, he said, we got too many actors in the kingdom. He said, instead of acting like Christians, we need to learn to be Christians and stop acting. Amen? You don't have to act like what you become. Because it's just a part of the process. A champion strives for a better attitude. Better attitude. Everybody say better attitude. People are watching us. And if my attitude is worse than the person that doesn't know Christ, where is the draw? Where's the desire? Where's the pull? Where's the benefit? If I'm mean as a rattlesnake. Amen. Amen. We got to fix our attitude. We got to fix our attitude. Amen. 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 Give God praise. We got to fix it. We got to fix it. I got to tell you this story. This is something I remember. I was probably about nine, ten years old, y'all. Way back in the day in Brooklyn, New York. I had a good mama. My mother didn't play. Or my father. And I remember being in a grocery store one day. And normally I didn't catch an attitude, but I was just going to try it this day. I'm in the store and I asked my mother for something. She said, no, we're not going to get that right now. And so I decided I'm going to swell my mouth up and poke my lip out. And she watched me for about two aisles. And then when we got back to that third aisle, she came up and leaned over to me. And she said, fix your face or I'm going to fix it for you. (laughs) Don't you know that the Lord miraculously (laughs) resolved my issue, my attitude, my problem? There wasn't no huff. There wasn't no puff. There was. Mama had an anointing. She, <laughs> them words carried weight because she meant what she said. She was going to do some fixing. And I had one of the mamas didn't care who was watching. This was long before all this stuff going on now. People reporting folks and police getting involved. Mama was, you understand what I'm saying? I had one of them mamas. But I knew she loved me. And she was a champion. And she raised the champion, praise God. 
She raised a champion because she helped introduce me to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We need better patience. Champions have patience. We have to remember that the blessings and the promises of God don't come until we have proper patience through faith and patience. Are you willing to wait on what God has for you? Can you stand to be blessed? Champions understand the value of patience and remember that our timing is not God's timing. Let me give you one more. A champion has and develops better leadership. Better leadership. Everybody say better leadership. God wants us to be leaders and to train up leaders. God wants us to expand his kingdom in a way so that we continue to grow in the earth realm. God wants his people to be the ones that run this globe, this thing we call earth. Amen? Amen. God wants the Garden of Eden to be everywhere. God wants us to lead and not to submit ourselves to the principles of the world and the things that the world says is okay. If God says it's not okay, it's not okay. Amen? And he doesn't ever change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the only other thing I want to say about that is a champion has better reverence and submission to God. A champion never gets enough of his time and his submission to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Everybody say, I am a champion. And I know I'll have challenges in life. But I will face those challenges with the Lord at my side. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. And so... I'm grateful tonight, once again, to be here, to have been here, to minister here, and to be with my family. Amen. And so, if you joined in today, once again, we thank you for joining into Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to BrothersoftheWord.com. This was the message titled, Challenges Create Champions by Charles Houston. This message is number 6634. That's 6634. To listen to thousands of free messages, or to send this message number 6634 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Dot com. Listen to brothers of the word dot com often because brother, you need the word. Oh, brother.